0: Welcome in to episode 23 of the Building Up Podcast. This is Kevin and I have the privilege of being your guest host this week on this journey of building one another up and encouraging each other in the Word. And so I humbly ask for the next 10 minutes of your time as we explore this idea of peace. Before we begin, if I can just be transparent with you, I am not a man of peace. Back to my youngest of ages, If I have moments of solitude, I feel this impending doom or darkness coming in on me. I live in a constant state of waiting for the next shoe to drop, whether it's something bad happened at church or in my family or at work. I'm constantly waiting for something bad to happen. I mean, even when I was in school, if somebody came to the classroom to bring somebody to the principal's office, even if I hadn't done anything wrong, I just assumed they were coming to get me. And so, as I'm looking at peace, I just want you to know that this is as much or more for me than anybody who's going to be listening to this. And so, I hope you'll join me on this journey of looking at peace. And So, let's begin with John 14, 27, where Jesus promises us peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Now there's two big things I want us to see there. The first thing is Jesus is the giver of peace. As a matter of fact, Isaiah foretold that there was this coming Messiah who would be the Prince of Peace or the Prince of Shalom. And I think it's very interesting to look at this word Shalom for peace because when you and I think of peace, we probably think of absence of conflict. There was a war, the war stopped, now there's peace. But this idea of shalom is, there was a war, the war stopped, and now there's a rebuilding. And that is shalom, or peace. And so, here is the Prince of Peace telling us, peace I leave with you. But the other thing he clarifies is, I don't leave you the same peace that the world leaves you. And, if we think about that, the world often offers us peace in the things we worship like fame fortune power but those things are fleeting and so the world's peace is fleeting and there's an american author named david foster wallace who shared a statement about the things we worship and how fleeting they are and i want us to look at this as a secular way of looking at the way the world gives peace This is what he said at his commencement speech. Here is something else that is weird but true. In the day-to-day trenches of adult life, there is no such thing as atheism. There is no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And the compelling reason for maybe choosing some sort of God is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. Now listen to what he says about these things that people worship in the world if you worship money and things if they are where you tap real meaning in life then you will never have enough never feel you have enough it's the truth worship your body and beauty and sexual allure and you will always feel ugly and when time and age start showing you will die a million deaths before they finally grieve you On one level, we know all this stuff already. It's been codified in myths and proverbs, cliches, epigrams, parables. It's the skeleton of every great story. The whole trick is keeping the truth up front in daily consciousness. Worship power, and you will end up feeling weak and afraid. And you will need ever more power over others to numb you to your own fear. Worship your intellect, being seen as smart, and you will end up feeling stupid. A fraud. Always on the verge of being found out. But the insidious thing about these forms of worship is not that they are evil or sinful. It's that they're unconscious. They're default settings. We, we worship and trust in things that consume us rather than giving us life. The book of Ecclesiastes put it this way. Meaningless, meaningless. Life is but a vapor. It's a chasing after the wind. It was written by a man who had the power, the money, the fame, the wisdom. And chasing after those things and trying to find peace in those things and trying to find fulfillment in those things was meaningless. But look back to what the author said that these things consume us. And then let's look at what Jesus did because this was the point Jesus tried to make with the woman at the well. She was trying to find fulfillment in the arms of many men. And he said, If you drink from that well, you will continue to come back thirsty. But I want to offer you living water. Or Nicodemus, who came to Jesus by night with his intellect, and Jesus told him the absurdity of being born again. Or the rich young ruler who trusted in his money, and he left despondent when Jesus said, To give it all away. Paul often makes the point in his writings that we need to be trusting in spiritual circumcision of the heart. Not physical circumcision. So when we trust in things other than God and other than Jesus, they are fleeting. And therefore we don't find peace in them. So so how do we find peace? It's all in what we worship. And Psalm 27 puts it this way. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. You see, if we trust in beauty, it fades. Isaiah tells us the grass withers and the flower fades. But what the word of God stands forever. In the book of Matthew, we're told if we trust in money, that we don't need to store up our treasures on earth, where rust and moth destroy and where thieves can break in, but we need to store up our treasures in heaven. Where thieves can't break in and rusted rust and moths don't destroy. Because where our treasure is, there's our heart. Think about that. If we want to experience true peace, we need to ask what we're trusting in. What we're worshipping. If our trust is in elections, half of us will always be upset. If our trust is in money, our peace will ebb and flow with the stock market. If... We trust in our beauticians or our barbers rather than the fact that we're created in the image of God and we're image bearers of God. We're always going to struggle. But if we trust in God rather than our circumstances, it's a whole different thing. That's how Job, in the midst of his trials, could say, Though you slay me, still I will worship you. It's how Daniel was able to to sleep in the lion's den, how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were able to look at King Nebuchadnezzar and look at the fiery furnace and say, Our Lord is able to deliver us, but even if He doesn't, we will not worship your idol, O King. What do we trust in? Because what we trust in is where we're going to find our peace. And if we want peace the way Jesus gives it, then we need to trust Jesus. And that's my prayer for us today is that we trust in Jesus, we trust in the Word of God, that that's where we find our comfort, that God is our refuge, that God is our rock, that God is our provider. Because if we try to find peace in our checking account, in our job, in our social status, we're never going to find it. So I hope this has been encouraging to you. Until next time, grace and peace. Thank you for listening to the Building Up podcast. If you have a question about today's episode or if you would like to suggest a topic for the future, please email us at buildingupatagapepenson.com. To subscribe to this podcast, simply search for Building Up from Agape Church in your favorite podcast app. Or you can watch the video format by visiting us online at agapepenson.com.